yo. Welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by the man trying to figure out the audio situation, Mr. James Let's, Key. Hello, James. We're getting closer, and I think that's what matters. In 2020, right. we're inching closer. We don't have funding and baby steps. 2024, you know, everyone says new year, new me, new you, new everything. It's growth, right? That's what that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And we did see a lot of growth in another individual, someone who's not going to be gloating in any way, someone who's not going to be um, trying to rub it in anyone's faces or anything like that. We're joined by a champion. The champ is here. I just smashed shit by here. Yes, I am here. Uh, your fantasy football champion, your lord and savior of fantasy football. You know what? Better me, though, than random cowboys you guys don't know, correct? Random cowboys you don't know? Are you talking about the, the guy no. you were playing? Yeah. <laughs> no, not better oh, you at all. Well, okay, so actually I didn't I didn't know this guy, but I thought you guys knew this guy. I don't. Jim, no, I don't. I think I okay. played I think I played video games with him once or something. Yeah. No, like the best part was about this win was I went through both of you to get there. Mm-hmm. And you thought you were gonna lose. And I thought I was gonna lose. I stopped looking after the Dallas game because C D Lamb put up like twenty eight points and it gave me like a twenty six percent chance to win. But then Connor figured out how to play football again, decided to save his best for last week. Beauty catch. Two TDs, one rushing, one receiving. Looks like Brees Hall out there. Oh boy, does he ever. And then obviously Jalen Hurts just casually putting up 22 points in a loss, whatever. And then, you know, Rasheed Rice being the number one receiver for Kansas City and, you know, Tucker giving me, you know, a nice 11, 12 points. I mean, I don't know why someone dropped him. Like that, I think that baffled both of us, Dustin, when it happened, because the guy dropped him in the bye week for the Raiders. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand that one. I, I get that kickers are kickers, but there's very few kickers who are really good, and you don't drop like Justin Tucker. But hey, you know what? Whatever. Is yeah. what it is. Broncos defense got me some points. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it was a team effort. Mm. You know. Um, some, it takes some shrewd moves. It takes a a good, a good team, good team, you know, kind of committed drive and focus to get it. Um, but you know, I'll be, uh, enjoying this one for a little bit, but then, you know, regroup and start getting prepped for next year because, you know, the off season can only be so, so short. So here's the thing, you know, they're coming for the top next year. So I got to be ready. Right. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be as salty about it as I am if you weren't just so selfish. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and what I mean by that, there was an opportunity here going into this week, you in the finals. And I said, you know what a really nice thing that you could do. You have the ability to do something very nice right now. And you didn't do it. And you said, Nope, I'm just going to, I'm going to fuck everyone. I don't care. You could have picked up Adrian Peterson and just put him on your bench and got him a ring. Got him a ship. Got him a ship. 
but you chose not to. You know, yeah. I did my part. I picked up Tom Brady, and I picked up Rob Rob Gronkowski, and I picked up Antonio Brown. You know, I got, I got them all a third place trophy. And you know what? And here we go. I'm gonna say this with all due respect. That's why I'm a winner, because I don't put emotions into my picks. I don't put emotions into this game. Mm-hmm. I just go out there and get W's. Mm-hmm. That's all I do. Well, listening to this podcast is certainly a W, and we thank you for joining us on another episode. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about OG Ananobi, Ilya Samsonov, the highlights of NFL Week 17, our picks for NFL Week 18, the People's Champion, no, not Maddie, The Rock. <laughs> and the anti-People's Champion. <laughs> and as we mentioned last week, uh, we're going to give you what our hot take of 2024 in the world of sports, at least. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which, of course, is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, uh, a few things happened over the week, and I don't know if you guys have anything to bring to the table before we jump into the sports section of the show. My kid's first birthday think, yesterday. Yeah, his kid's birthday. Only like I think New Year's overrated. I was telling people this oh, yeah. this year. Have you, you seen oh. the pictures of Young and Dundas? Oh. Yeah, well, you're there. You live there. Like, you... Dude, not Young and Dundas. Just the whole downtown. Yeah, so they told everyone, hey, uh, the fireworks are going to be nowhere but the waterfront. So only go down to the waterfront. People are like, fuck happen- you. That happens to be my neighborhood. I'm like, cool, guys. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> going to lock my fucking doors and like just... Yeah, stay inside. Not, not, yeah, Lean not against move. the door with a bat. Yeah. <laughs> like just who was that i considered like just going down the elevator at like 11 55 to see the fireworks come back but at the same time i'm like i don't want to it's cold outside and it's snowing and there's uh-huh. people everywhere i don't i don't want to do this anyways so you saw the pictures later of what union station looked like right mm-hmm. okay it triggers me seeing some of this shit like legitimately triggers me because i'm just all i keep thinking is, is why like I get, I get, you know the reasoning, but the actual why. The reasoning oh, isn't it. enough to move. That's that's the right. thing for me. Is like, you and it and it. Did you see that picture? I don't know. Listen, I don't know if anything's real anymore. I don't know if it's AI or whatever the fuck. That picture of the New Year's celebration somewhere in the world where everyone's just holding up phones. France, you know, like, and they're I mean, like nobody, like nobody was in. Like none of these people at Union Station were like actually there like the amount of time these people probably spend on their phones taking pictures like selfies or videotape like you weren't there there's no there's no way and and to be in that kind of space union station you know with with that amount of people like you you've literally you've you've become sexually active with a hundred thousand people like that's what that's how close people were oh like you know someone got fingers slipped into their butt world's biggest clothed gangbang is what that was it was yeah like it looked it looked stupid like i'd be if i was there i'd be like why am i here so i mean i get that a, fan expo. a couple of reasons why i think it happened one there was you're directing everyone to like the most southern tip of the the city instead of saying hey some people like we'll do stuff at nathan phillips square we'll do stuff at young and dundas no, no, everyone in one of the biggest cities in the world, let's all go down to the very southern tip where there's no way to get out of this place other than Union Station. That's problem number one. 
Problem number two is that, is, free. <laughs> is that TTC is free. Not just TTC, but the Go Transit as well. And I think that's the bigger problem is because I don't think there is Toronto proper people who are down there. Like no. I, I live in that neighborhood and I said, fuck that. These are all like Brampton mans and Scarborough mans. Man, Scarborough mans jumping on the go train and coming down. And then, and the reason why I'm saying this, not just because they're all brown, but because you can say this, <laughs> I can say this, but you can tell when it's, it's almost like when everyone got to Union Station, they're like, where do I go? Because they don't regularly go to Union Station. They don't know this place. And yeah. if you only come downtown a couple times a year, go to a couple Blue Jays games, maybe a Leafs game or Raptors game, whatever, Union Station has changed so much over oh, the dude, past yeah, couple of years. It's a fucking years. village now. Like it's yeah. So you have all these people lined up in the Bay Concourse trying to get to the subway when there's like, I don't know, six other entrances to the subway that you could have taken. And then everyone gets jammed up in there. Then all the people trying to take the GO train from the uh, Bay Concourse are fucked. And they don't know that your concourse is open yet. So there's all that happening. And I was reading, there's an article on CP24 today of some guy who's like, oh man, it was, it was so crazy. I just, I got on the train and I wanted to go to Young and Eglinton, but it took me all the way up to Finch West. I'm <laughs> like, but at, at what point did you discover you went towards Vaughn? And didn't think just to get off at St. George and like cross over to the other side. Like, because dude thought it went up and like probably like around. It just sounded like a whole bunch of people have never taken public transit before. So, well, yeah, it's possible that's also the case. To, <laughs> yeah. And like, my, uh, I have a buddy who went down there, um, a Scarborough man's, as it were. There it is. Um, with his <laughs> significant other. And I get a text the next day. And he was like, I realized why you and your wife stopped going like south of Finch on New Year's when you guys turned 30. He said it's the dumbest south fucking thing ever. Oh, my God. Um, That's like the opposite of what people over here say. It's like right. if you tell someone like if you meet someone like on a dating app or something like, oh, you're north of Bloor. All right, fuck you then. <laughs> right. So here, here's the thing. He drove down. It took him three hours to go one kilometer. Jesus Christ. My uh, and my thing would be like, around oh, go home. oh, not north of Bloor? Oh, you don't you don't have personality? Yes, you're the same as everybody else downtown. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, not you, Dustin. You're the you're the exception to the rule. He's uh -huh. a trans. You were from north first. Well, he's like from. northwest, yeah. Yeah, northwest. But, yeah, south of Bloor, literally every dude is the same, every girl this, is the same. This is becoming a rascal song right now. Like that's how Northwest, <laughs> Brampton. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't see the point to see some flashy lights. Um, the funny thing is, I understand the people from Oshawa going down though, because like their fireworks display would be like a dude in a jock strap with some sprinklers coming out of it, and just running back and forth. <laughs> on the That's true. I, I don't. I just don't get New Year's in general. Like I've never, I've never really understood it. To me, it's, it's very much like the best. It gets used every year, but it sums it up for me nicely is the sting gif of like new year, new me. It's just sting taking off the mask and it's sting. Like, I don't, I don't know. So no less than three people have sent me that gif already. I, I personally don't like it because I understand it's like an arbitrary, it's a scientific like change in shit of, you know, the rotation of the sun and we're back. But at every day point. is. 
right but no it's we're turning in the sun but anyway um what i mean is is they're like oh it's like october and someone's like you know what i'm really gonna commit 2024 to get in better shape or to learn this or to do this i'm like just fucking start now like don't use that as an excuse to procrastinate because then what's gonna happen is come that you're gonna find another excuse to procrastinate what's the uh saying the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the second best time is now like that's you know at the end of the day like like why you need to wait kevin nash tweeted about he's like i don't understand what the point of changing the last number at the end of a date does for everybody like who cares like i could understand celebrating a centennial or like a bicentennial or maybe even a decade but like every year like it's literally it's tuesday <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't know maybe i'm weird maybe maybe we're maybe we are the weird ones no i think i think we have perspective and i also think too like we have priorities i think what happens is is like, like if it's something where someone went through something life-changing and, you know, in say October, November, and they're like, you know what, I'm going to start this. And they take the rest of that time to plan what they're going to do and how they're going to do it to do something big, full power to them. But the people that are just arbitrarily always like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I think what it is, is they are searching for something positive for out of it is a bit of a beacon and need for purpose. Yeah. I mean, you it know, is a bit of a beacon. It, yeah. it's structure for those who have none, right? Like it's, it's a benchmark. It's a, you know, it's, it's the light, the green light from Mario Kart. Yeah. But I don't know, like more power to people who like, and you know, find something in it. Cool. Great. But I mean, nah, no power, get a personality. Fucking just get it for the other 364 days, figure it out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Did any of you see this thing through the people you follow and the stories that were popping off while uh, the ball was dropping? Did you see girls eating grapes? No. You didn't see this? No. I, I know. It sounds fucking weird, right? So, like, I had, I saw this one girl just floating through stories and she was like, I don't know if she was like, taking grapes off the stock and like portioning them. And it's like, if you know, you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. (laughs) I guess I I just moved on with my life. Right. And then I didn't didn't think about it again until after midnight. And I saw another girl who doesn't know this girl completely unrelated. And she was like, is okay. It's midnight. And she's jamming like uh, grapes in her mouth. Did you find Um, the reason? So I then texted my niece who is a 25 year old woman I'm like, yo, what's the meme with the grapes? I don't get it. Like, what am I missing here? And her, like her response was ha 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 ha. I'm like, like a million ha ha ha's. And like after it, she finally told me it's something about like good luck to find a husband in 2024 or some shit. I'm like, okay. So I was going to say it's one of two things. Either we're too old or we're dudes. And that's why we don't know. It's both, actually. <laughs> it's both. It's both. <laughs> I know that if you freeze grapes and you put sugar on them, they taste like Sour Patch Kids. Hey, there you go. Ooh, there, there's right. a health hack for you. Look, New Year, New Year. Not really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're already chock full of natural sugar. Adding oh. synthetic sugar to it is not a good idea. Hey, man. Whatever whatever Dude, uh, helps the medicine go down, right? I took I took the fam to Putting Edge, and then we had Thai food at a Thai place, and it was really good. And then everyone was in, home in bed by 11. What'd you get for Thai food? Oh, peanut chicken, sir. Oh, I, I always go pad soup, safest thing on the menu for me. 
But, but their spring rolls were amazing. And then, you know what they had on the menu for dessert? Deep fried Mars bar, baby. Oh, very nice. Very nice. That's like a rare dessert menu item in like a restaurant or something. And this place was affordable like, too. Shout out yeah. Vaughn Restaurants. You know, low-key, Vaughn has a shit ton of restaurants. Vaughn does have a lot of restaurants. So does Markham. Markham has a shit ton of restaurants. And it's really cool because usually everyone goes... Again, they're like, oh, go to this place downtown or go to this place or on the Danforth or go here. And it's so hard to get to and it's so busy. But the better places, us, yeah. For us, just a little five, 10 minute drive north and you're in some really killer spots. And they have parking lots for your car? Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be nice. Yeah. I have like the total opposite like situation where I'm rolling through TikTok and you get one of those TikToks that are like, this new restaurant just opened in Toronto. And it's like showing you this, this cool restaurant. And then it shows the address at the end. It's whatever, whatever, Young Street in Vaughn. I'm like, this is not fucking Toronto. Like, yeah, if you are, like, if you're, it is though. If it's called Vaughn, it's it's not Toronto anymore. So we need to get over that at some it point. Is, so Scarborough's not part region. of Toronto proper? No, no, because, well, Vaughn is York region. Toronto's still, or Scarborough's still Toronto, right? It's a suburb of Toronto. Yeah. I don't Brooklyn know. is I mean, in New York. Well, it's in New York State, yes. But they don't say city of Scarborough or town of Scarborough. It's a district. It's a borough, right? Where mm-hmm. Vaughn actively says city of Vaughn, mm. right? So, yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you. It's not Vaughn, but Scarborough is. Sadly. I would be less I would be less annoyed if it was Scarborough or Etobicoke or something. But yes. when it comes up, it's like, all right, here's this great new restaurant in Milton. I'm like, okay. Scarborough <laughs> is the Oshawa of Toronto, though. Scarborough I'll say is the Oshawa of Toronto. What? Isn't Oshawa the, the Toronto? No, yeah, isn't no, Oshawa like, the- <laughs> no, I'm saying like if you take all the Toronto boroughs, like oh. Scarborough would be like the Oshawa of like the all Toronto boroughs. Do you know what I mean? I, I guess. Yeah. Are you are we getting there? Here. No. So it's like it. Oshawa sucks. Math is hard. Oshawa no, sucks. I will, I will give a shout out to Oshawa. I saw a picture earlier today of Steve Dangle and his kid at Oshawa Generals game. And I was like, that's cool that you like, you can live close enough to the city and still have a junior hockey team to support. I know Oshawa's really not that close, but I did that drive on a Friday night when the 401 was empty and it still took me like 38 minutes. I just want junior hockey in the city. I guess that's all I want. You know what is in the city though? The PWHL. Yes, I watched that game. uh, It was a good game. That was a, that was actually a crazy good game. And I was looking, you know what? Tickets are sold out for the year. Yes. I looked because I was looking to get you, me, and your daughter tickets to go to a game. They're and hundreds of dollars each on stuff. StubHub.ca, $188 a ticket. And I was like, go fuck yourself. I want to support them, but like, let's be realistic. I could go to, and this sounds terrible because it's anti what the whole point is. I could go to a Leafs game for that price. <laughs> nice. Well, the, okay, so the Leafs game, you're also getting a much better venue. You're getting a, a legacy product. You're yes. getting something you already have an attachment to. Yes. That's a, it, regardless of male versus female athletes, it has a, a completely different experience. Yeah. You're yeah. getting I, literally the best of the best in terms of production and, you know, service of everything yeah. in the league. And so if you're going to see an event, sure, right? But like, if I'm going to watch a hockey game, I tell you that game was really good. Yeah. Number one, number there two, some good hits too. <laughs> the, yeah, there were some great hits in that game. 
The PWHL also is doing a number of things right. Did you know that immediately after the games air, they're uploaded to YouTube? That's pretty good. Like, how fucking smart is that to grow a game, right? Like, Yeah, instead of just the highlights? Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Um, they have those rule changes, like if you score or shorthanded, you've eliminated your penalty kill. Yeah, it's a good it's a good place to do some like innovative rule changes. Um, I know people said, "Well, do the one that that's been bat bat <laughs> batted around for a while, um, where if you score on the power play, the power play doesn't end." Yeah, um, so, so like every minor penalty is like a major penalty. Yeah, yeah. So and then um, the other one, they have three point wins. Yes, three I for like win, two for the tie, like the. Uh, Overtime win, yeah. Overtime win, and then you get one point for an overtime loss, and then overtime shootout loss, and zero points for just a regulation loss. So it's yeah, it's, I, <clears throat> they should do it. I prefer go. that idea because you look at the standings a lot, and the Maple Leafs would be fucked if this was the case. <laughs> but <laughs> getting the same amount of value for an, uh, a shootout win versus a regular win, or even like getting a point for a loss, just seems weird to me. Anyways. Um, I like the idea. Why not try it out? But that's and the very there was a lot of people there, like, like Billy Jean King dropped the puck with yep. uh, Jana Hefford, which was amazing. And Brian Burke was there. There's some other like like it. It was just really good to see like the support for it. And then I know we briefly talked about the fact like they have no logos. And it's like come on, like I read the article about how difficult it is to get all those things through. Like it's not it's not easy. You got to do trademarking. You got to get marketing ready. You got to get color schemes ready. You got to get approval from league and shit like that. You got to make sure that you're not copyright infringing on anything else because that's a huge thing, right? So there's there is a lot that goes with it. I wouldn't be surprised if next season you see logos, jerseys, shit like that. But the fact that they were able to establish this league get partnerships with arenas, get team set, do a draft, get coaching staffs, get training staffs, get everything set up within in a, year. a span of like a few months, less. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? right? Like the, to, to, they wanted, they they got a lot of, and this is, I guess we're starting the sports talk now. They got a lot of the- uh, Heavy the, lifting. The publicity from like the Dream Gap Tour and all those things. And like the longer they took, the less- yeah. I don't know how to say it without sounding like a prick because I'm not trying to, but like the less top of mind or relevant it would be. So I think there was an importance to, to strike while the iron was hot. And I think it proved, dude, the lineup around Mattamy was insane. Um, it was nice to yeah. see little girls uh, on camera cheering, excited with like PWHL Toronto gear, even if it's just that. There were dudes in the stands clearly with no other women um, around, which is also nice to see. Just like I would go. You know, it, yeah, it was I, like good said, hockey, I man. Tickets, but like I said, when you're looking at six hundred dollars for three tickets, I was like, eh, it's tough. But I will say, in regard to the PWHL, what I like about it is people are like, it's great for you know women in sport and like finally a professional women's hockey league. But look at what else it does, and obviously there's the grassroots and you know minor hockey for girls, and it gives them a pathway to an actual professional league to play in and shit like that. But what about potential coaching for young girls who, you know, maybe don't make it, but want to get into coaching or girls that want to get into training staff or skills? It's resources. Right. Like there's, it's more than just actually playing the game and that it's everything else around it as well. 
Um, what I liked too was that it was an all female broadcast um, mm-hmm. with some really awesome people like Cheryl Pounders, you know, one of the best when it comes to, you know, hockey analysis. And she was great on the color call too. Um, so there's that. And I, that's, I like that it brings that as well. My hope is that the NHL latches on, and I don't mean latches on in a predatory sense. I mean, they kind of tie with it to help promote it as well, to do the they, more. The way the NBA does with WNBA. Yes. Um, because I think that would one go a long way. Um, and two, I think it would also really help with, you know, legitimacy of for like the fence people or the people who are kind of like, well, oh no, no, and shit like that, or kind of looking at it as too amateurish, right? So I I hope it does that. I'm just excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to see 10 teams down the line. I'm excited to see, you know, when you have such a crop of women who are coming up in minor hockey and through universities and things like that, that it can grow the league. And I, I just hope that they this continues to be the success. The smart thing the they did honeymoon was, period. Yeah, the smart thing they did was hold it to six teams uh, yeah. for now because you want to have, you know, a consolidation amongst like in other leagues. When leagues are split and there's so many teams or whatever, the the brand of hockey gets diluted, right? So now you have the best players compressed into six teams, so the the hockey itself is elevated in terms of quality. So that was real. Like I mean, the Toronto team alone has Sarah Nurse, Blair Turnbull. Um, uh, what's her name? Oh, Renata Fast is on that team. Um, so Nat Spooner, yeah, Natalie Spooner's on. It. Like it's it's a it's a hell of a roster. Oh yeah, and we lost four nothing. I, I actually <laughs> I like I didn't meet her directly, but I saw Nat Spooner in um, Korea when we were there because uh, we went to the gold medal USA Canada women's game, and yeah, like. Seeing like some of those like athletes in person, you're just like, oh shit, like just yeah, kick your ass, man. Oh yeah, she beat the shit out of me, hundred percent. So it kind of reminds me of, you know, having all these additional jobs come up, whether it's female referees, female announcers, training staff, etc. It it's likens to the AEW argument of, hey, I'm not necessarily a fan of this thing, but I'm sure glad it exists because is giving an opportunity for a whole bunch of people to get work. And it's not just about the athletes. It's about also the support people that, you know, help put the television together and Dude, the, camera the operators. Popcorn and, guy gets another shift, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's so there is value to it. And there was an AEW pay-per-view this weekend. I don't want to talk too much about it. It's garbage. I just huh? want to say, I just want to say, Ooh, brother. Um, listen, Tony, no, don't you want to say, oh, brother. <laughs> um, Tony, you have my number. Just uh, if you want help, if you want someone to write this ship for you, you want to start making money. Well, let me know. Take the fucking wig off. Answer questions like Oof. a fucking adult. Oof. And uh, it, that they dude, Maddie, so- you don't know, but he got asked about sexual assault. Um, and he was Ooh. wearing a wig and sunglasses. Answering the question, who who's this? Tony. This is Kong. the own, this is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, <laughs> All Elite Wrestling. 
It's so it's quite a hilarious was, picture. So it's it's funny because like later on you saw this guy come up to him, the PR guy said like yeah he's like head of PR or something and he's like Tony take the fucking glasses and and uh, wig off. And he's like oh shit I didn't know I had him on still. Like he Bullshit. must have just that, that's cocaine. I mean that's I can believe. Uh, see mm, listen I don't know if he's on cocaine. He's not doing a great. Uh, argument of saying he's not on cocaine <laughs> but um i can see that to an extent of like shit i was having fun and i forgot that i had all this goofy shit on my head see the but, problem with the whole thing though at the end of the day in the in terms of the product nothing makes sense nothing matters which is fucked because originally they were like everything's gonna make sense and wins and losses are gonna matter none of it matters right uh, edge adam copeland literally won and then lost in the span of 15 seconds um they have had a payoff of a storyline that legitimately doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, they do, I read a tweet today or an X post or whatever the fuck they want to call it. Um, but a guy who's like, Wardlow said he was coming for uh, MJF and he wants the title. Like, so Adam Cole moves the, <laughs> moves the title from MJF to Samoa Joe and Wardlow's in the group and he's just okay with it. Like, why does that make sense? Why wouldn't he? And why wouldn't like, Cole push for the title match with Wardlow then? And I don't, I don't know my AEW history that well, but I'm fairly certain there was a feud between MJ or uh, Wardlow and Joe for the TNT title, and it didn't favor Wardlow. No, like he may, this, have, he may have actually beat sense. Joe once out of three times. Or Anyways, yeah, and these marks, marks on yeah. Twitter. Oh my god, great reveal! Done so well, so logical. Fuck off. No, I'm done. Let's no, move on. Let's move on. Boss. Um, bots <laughs> actually that's very appropriate because tony khan once said it's all bots well okay speaking of bots i'm going to quickly get to this i got a text the other day and i get these all the time right you get these like bot texts that come up and saying oh yeah hey bill i uh i, I left a thousand dollars in your account but i'm still you know like whatever just yeah. trying to scam you right yeah i got one the other day that said chloe how about my new look today and then they sent a picture. And I'm like, these bot motherfuckers. Like, if I was in a relationship with somebody and actually someone actually cared about what text I was getting, mm. like, this could be a problem. Look at this thing. Listen, it's not that, like, egregious or anything, but it's 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 an attractive woman, like, texted to my phone. And James is not yeah. looking, so he has no idea what I'm talking about. Look at <laughs> this. Hot. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, that could be, that's grounds for an argument. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, no, honey, it's 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 a robot. I swear, it's it's not a real. Yeah. You now you're no longer trying to scam me. You're trying to ruin my life. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a problem. What I would say is at least appear to be a scam, uh, certainly a fleecing, was the Toronto Raptors making a trade with the New York Knicks, uh, reminiscent of the time when Andrea Bargnani was traded for. A first round pick to the New York Knicks. Why the Knicks even pick up the phone when they see Raptors <laughs> on caller ID is beyond me. Considering they're in the middle of a lawsuit between the two teams as well, which is fascinating that they got a trade done as well. Uh, one of this guy I saw on TikTok earlier this week was calling a- <laughs> AG. God damn, I can't even say it. <laughs> OG Ananobi. He's calling him OG and a booty. Samsonite. uh, I was way off. (laughs) He was definitely not pleased with the way the trade went down. 
And if you're not familiar with the entire trade, there's actually a great article on Sportsnet called How Will the Raptors Blockbuster Trade with Knicks Affect the Raptors Cap Going Forward? And it is written by friend of the show, Blake Murphy. So give that one a read if you get a chance. I like Blake. Yeah, Blake's a good dude. Mm -hmm. And the entire trade was... To the Raptors, a second round draft pick, which is the Detroit Pistons second round draft pick. So, so it's basically first, a first, first pick, pick of the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett, Toronto boy, RJ Barrett. Going the other way, OG Anabudi, uh, Precious Achua. <laughs> I can't not say it now. OG Ananobi, Precious, uh, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn. So I'm looking at this thinking, okay, obviously OG is great. We love OG here hilarious dude like that him and Serge Ibaka shopping together is going to go down in infamy as one of the greatest player interactions dude he's a perfect raptor OG OG (laughs) right what's on scarves well what about scarves just crazy stuff oh and then the battle between them was just longer bigger scarves periodically like as they were coming in it was so good (laughs) like he was he was he was a model player for this team and of course, winning an NBA championship with the Toronto Raptors—that's pretty awesome. And then remember the bubble league, the bubble league, <laughs> the bubble year, the league played in the bubble that one year. And he drained that shot in the playoffs, that three-pointer at the buzzer. Mm. And I love the the press scrum after him after it, asking him about it. He's like, "Oh, do you think you're gonna make that shot?" It's like, "Yeah, I don't shoot to miss. Like, I'm <laughs> gonna make every shot I shoot." <laughs> like he's just so matter of fact, blunt. And just a really cool dude. So obviously we wish him all the best on his travels to New York. I think he's going to have a hard time <laughs> uh, winning over some fans in the New York market. I don't. I think they're expecting a lot more of, of what he's going to bring. He's a great guy to have, but I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, a major He's a very piece solid them. piece of a winning team, and that's yes. what they got. Um, are you, you going to get 30 points from him? No. But no. I'll tell you, the lowest uh, – the team that Donovan Mitchell, they referenced this last night at the game, the team that Donovan Mitchell has scored the least amount in his career is the Toronto Raptors, and it's because OG Ananobi shadowed him every game that they played. So if you're looking for a guy to shut down the team's, your opposition's best player, like OG's your guy, and he's fucking awesome at it. Yeah, and one of the other common themes I had seen over the past couple of days after this trade went down is a lot of Knicks fans are, they're fine with RJ Barrett going like, yeah, whatever, who cares? But they're super upset about losing Isaiah quickly. Emmanuel quickly. Excuse me. Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> um, Samson, I hit it. <laughs> it's okay. We've already got it okay. once. I'm not going <laughs> to nail you twice. Quickly was coming off the bench for the Knicks and performing incredibly for them. And a fan favorite there. And then, right around this time, the Raptors happened to lose to the Detroit Pistons, their third win of the season. And we all knew this was going to happen. Like We, we saw that oh, people were on the calendar. <laughs> we had circled that one saying, that's where the streak's going to end. It's going to be the Raptors. I put money on it. Maddie put money on it. Like We all made money on that game. Oh, yeah. Because we knew the Raptors were going to lose that game. And this was before the trade happened. But right after that game is when Dennis Schroeder came out and had some words about the team and how they're not gelling together and they're not fighting for each other. And it's, it's very different than the German national team that he had most recently played for. 
<laughs> and then fast forward to the next Raptors game and Schroeder's out of the starting lineup and <laughs> and Emmanuel quickly is in the starting lineup now. So it's like, well, I wonder. Now, listen, that may have been a situation where let's get both Barrett and quickly in the starting five as soon as possible. See what we got with these guys. Or maybe it's Dennis Schroeder probably isn't a starting point guard in the NBA. He's not. Emmanuel quickly was a fairly high first round draft pick. If you look at his stats when he was the starting point guard for like injury in New York, his his numbers skyrocketed. The guy is a pretty lethal shooter from beyond the arc at about just sitting around 40%. And he has the ability to get to the lane. He has a mean floater. Uh and you know, he's he's a workhorse. Him and RJ Barrett are both workhorses. And I think that's why they're going to, like, quickly could be a gem of a a, a pick in, in that he could be very well be a starting point guard. And he's going to get the opportunity to do that here, something he wasn't going to get in New York. So, you know, it's one of those things like the surplus of New York is our benefit, right? And this our surplus is New York's benefit. We had too many wingmen. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's going to make Scotty Barnes better, right? Because quickly he's going to open the floor He's going to force guys to play high on him because of his shooting ability. So, you know, you don't have guys sitting back top of the key trying to cover two guys at once with like a zone. You're going to have to play quickly high, which is going to be great for quickly. He's going to have to learn how to be a distributor. Now he's going to like, he said that coming into the team. I heard a quote saying uh, he wants to be a better facilitator and like with uh, Rakovic's offense, which is all about ball movement. He's going to have to learn that kind of system. So, Listen, I'm excited for RJ Barrett being here. I mean, the guy can ball, but the real piece here, I, I kind of agree, is is quickly. I think he's going to be something special, and you know, immediately the I think the culture of this team has just changed almost overnight. Also, a significant change in the Toronto sports landscape. We had. Talked about it at length for quite a few weeks now. And it looks like our prayers have been answered. And I guess it didn't happen on the show. It must have been like a game or two in between. We recorded last week and then there's one or two Leafs games that happened after that. Before this episode. And I think I remember saying to one of you guys like that's it. Like you can't ever start Ilya Samsonov ever again if you are intending to be a serious hockey club. Like, this is it. Now, obviously, that's hyperbole. (laughs) You absolutely can't start him again. I just mean, right now, given the way he's playing, he's done. Like, he's got the yips. There's something up. And I, I liken this to Alec Manoa of the NHL. Like, it's a similar situation where we have a guy who played really well last year. I mean... Not as good as Manoa, as, not as dominant as Manoa was, but he was a star on a Toronto team, played very well, and then the next season just didn't have it. And the person, of course, I'm talking about is Ilya Samsonov, who was placed on waivers a couple days ago, was of course unclaimed, because who the hell's going to claim that at $3.5 million a season? And like Alec Manoa, is not going to be playing games in the minors. He's just going to immediately go to, for conditioning, and they're going to try to rebuild this man. Yeah, 
that that's more for the mental side than it is the physical side. Right. And I think that's what it is. Like it doesn't look like he's ailing with an injury. It doesn't look like there's anything like that. It it seems as though he just lost confidence in the net. And look, is Martin Jones the answer to the Leafs' prayers right now? Of course not. Like this isn't what they wanted. He's the third goaltender for a reason. But what I like about Martin Jones is that when he makes a save, he somehow keeps his body in front of the net. Like it always seemed like Samsonov was out there like on a canoe without a paddle. And it's like the fucking West Coast United States right now with the waves are real choppy. And he's just all over the place. However, with that move and Samsonov being removed from the roster, that means another goaltender has to come up and enter the Hildebeest. I don't care. He's six foot fucking seven before he puts (laughs) skates on. All right. Yeah. I saw this awesome shot of him at practice the other day. Towering. Kevin Nash would love him. (laughs) They just had like, I don't know if it was Tavares or whomever it was in front of the net to to put a screen. And like, he just sees right over his head. Yeah. There's no such thing on his knees. When he's on his knees, his head is above the crossbar. (laughs) He's, he's the opposite of Bryce Young. Yeah. I don't think they've officially announced it yet because the Leafs are going to play tonight, the night we're recording. And that's, I mean, we're going to be done recording by the time they're on the West coast. They're in Los Angeles tonight and tomorrow. Is that Los Angeles? No, that's that's Anaheim tomorrow. Yeah. I thought they were in San Jose as well. Saturday, San Jose. And of course it being Toronto on a Saturday night, San Jose crowd has to watch that. Well, whatever five people go to that game four have to watch the game at 4 PM West because it's the Leafs and there's no way in hell the NHL is having a Saturday night Leafs game at 10 o'clock at night. Unless they're in Vancouver. Yeah, that's nope. the only... They don't do that either in Vancouver? Nope, they do no, it they at... Force Vancouver they do it play at 4 o'clock. They do 7.30 <laughs> as a courtesy. Oh, <laughs> yep. That's right. So, um, <clears throat> so I know what you're referencing. They haven't announced the starter yet for game two. Sheldon Keefe did talk about it. He said it all depends on how Jones feels after the game. Hmm. And the morning of... The game against Anaheim. my feeling is man it's anaheim play the no, kid play him on saturday against san jose Either well one. here's the thing though i i you're definitely going to play him against a lesser team but the question is do you want him to play against the sharks who are the least of the three or do you want to play him on the second half of the back-to-back so, so I, I, there's different philosophies there is all i'm saying right yeah. my thing is is i wouldn't be surprised if Jones does both or I wouldn't be surprised if Hildeby gets the second game because Jones was a longtime starter in San Jose and mm. he gets the Saturday mm. game in San Jose. So, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I, that wouldn't shock me. Um, but back to the whole Samson being sent down and Hildeby getting called up. We had this discussion in our other discord of what are the options and, in my opinion, and I don't know if you guys have kind of said, yeah, okay, or if you still have something else that you want to try and throw out there. Unless they're willing to give up capital for a goalie, it's not going to happen for a few reasons. One, no, there's about four or five legitimate playoff teams and potential cup contending teams that are looking for goaltending help, Carolina being one of them. Um, Devils. The other thing... And the Devils. The other one is that the Leafs are in a vulnerable position 
where they're on their third string goalie, potentially their fourth string for the foreseeable future, that teams are going to absolutely feast on that position if they try to trade. If you go to Nashville and try and trade for Soros, you know what's going to happen? They're going to say, this is going to cost you a first rounder. It's going to cost you a top prospect and it's going to cost you a top six player. Or it's going to cost you a first in Nylander. And that's egregious, but that's going to be the ask. And it's either they pay it or they're going to, we'll just deal with another team who's willing to give us something close. Um, And then the third thing, the Leafs have zero cap. And every I know I had another friend who said, well, they should go trade for John Gibson. He doesn't want to play in Canada. Every Canadian team has no trade list. And he's $6.5 for the next three years. Like, I don't right. even think that Trey Living wants to kind of commit to that. Exactly. Um, the Leafs literally have no other option. Is calling up Hill to be a good choice? No. Is it optimal? Absolutely not. Do they have anything else they could do? No. I don't so, know that it's a... I don't know it's a bad choice though either. Like I think it's just kind of it's it's you're right. It's where they're at, but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a doom and gloom and we're going to ruin this kid's career. Like I said, he's 22. You know, most goalies get drafted at 19. I know goalies take longer to develop. The guy's also huge and and played in a men's league when he was drafted. There's literally younger guys on the Maple Leafs roster right now. Yeah. You can't compare goalies and other players, though. No, but I'm just I'm staying like it. It's and also everyone's different, right? Like age is subjective okay. sometimes. But you're also, the guys you're referencing that are younger on the Leafs have been in North America for a while. This is the first time Hildeby's been in North America. Yeah. Listen, you guys know better than I do. I just mean for for these guys who are professional hockey players, hockey's their life. Like, whether you're playing in the NHL, you're playing in the AHL, you're playing in... Like, it's a fucking hockey game. And listen, I know there's more pressure. I get that. It's not the pressure thing. significantly more pressure. No, it's even like Keith said today. He was like, the the NHL shoes are different. He's like, I think he learned that when Matthews whizzed one by his head. Yeah, like, there's, there's there's... People think, oh, it's not that big of a jump. There is a massive increase from the AHL to the NHL. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying... It's it's not going to kill the guy to go out there and play a couple of NHL games to see what you got. But you're I but you're putting him in a position with a team that clearly has cup aspirations, whether that's believable or not, with a team that a lot of people around the league would put them in the top five or six to be in the conversation to legitimately be in a position to contend for a cup. So you're asking this dude to come in as a fourth stringer and say get us some wins and hold us out until March. I don't know if they're asking that though. I that's think what I'm saying. Him. I don't think that's what they're asking him. I think you, they're asking him just it's, to, prof- it's, pro- it's professional sport. If this was, a, if this was the Leafs back in the first year of Matthew's first season, yes, they wouldn't be asking that, but it's different with this team and the, where they are. This isn't again. And we say this with other guys in other sports that the NHL, especially for the position the Leafs are in, it's not a developmental league. It's a results league. When is Joseph Wall healthy? They're saying that February at best, mid late February, but it's a high ankle sprain. So you want him to come back and they probably don't want to bring him back early or they don't want to. They're probably going to give it extra time as the Leafs medical staff typically does. Yeah. So I mean, probably March. I mean, like, yeah, you're probably right on that. So, I mean, I don't think also is that wall wasn't supposed to be the guy either. And that's that. That's my other thing, too, is. 
everyone's saying, oh, wait for Wall, wait for Wall. That's not a good position to be in. Why? Like, because you don't even know what this guy is. Like, no, they don't. They absolutely don't. You're, yeah, well, I'm agree with you. You're, they absolutely yeah. don't know what Wall is. Like, yeah. he's been great for him this this season for the couple of months that he was around for. Yeah. That's a small sample size, man. I don't know. And yeah. I, I, mean, and I, I hope and I, it's. I hope he's great. I yeah. love Wall, but huh. yeah. I mean, he's significantly better than the three and a half million dollar goaltender, right? Like, and and for me, I don't know. At some point, and like we talked about this with Wall, you have to roll the dice on players you develop and i know that they haven't developed hill to be like at all um but i mean a young goaltender once took a st louis blues team to a cup and i know that's that's the exception to the rule but like but you he said, had a safety net yeah we're not in we're not in any position well martin i guess martin jones is kind of a safety net he's an nhl played goaltender um, but the hope was wall would develop and play well with the safety net of Samsonov. The fact that Samsonov has fell completely off the mountain the way he has, yeah. you would and, like you you would see hiccups that you do not foresee this. Yeah. Right. But maybe, I guess the own I guess the silver lining is okay, Samsonov's gone. Best case scenario, Wall is back and he's good. And his safety net is Martin Jones, who is a veteran NHL goaltender. And it, it's not is it a perfect scenario? No, of course not. But, but the guy's I think calm. Jones, I, I think yeah. Jones has shown over the past couple of games that he is fine. And he's shown in his career that he is a starting NHL goaltender. Is he still currently? Probably not. But he's been fine. So he's serviceable. So, yes. Now, listen. Running out you look for at, like four or five weeks where he's playing 90% of the games. Mm. Well, that's why I got the Hildebeest, brother. <laughs> I, I do agree with you that I do think you play Hildeby. I, I totally think that you don't call him up if you don't have intentions of playing him a yeah. few of those games. Do you, but my fear is, is that if Jones can't get you some wins and this team can't get wins with Jones and Hildeby doesn't help you, you are fucked. You are a fucked. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then you're probably looking trade. And obviously, I know you laid out a, a bunch of reasons why trade is going to be pr a problem. If you look at Ilya Samsonov, who has probably played his last game at the Toronto Maple Leaf, this season he had 394 goals against average. So four goals against average. And a save percentage of 862. I think he what gets if? one more stretch of like two, three games. And then it, after, I think it's probably not until mid, late January. You give him three, four, you give him anywhere from three to five games. And if they're very bad, he's gone. I oh, do man. think he sees. I'm, I'm willing to wager on this that you've seen the last of Billy Samsonov in a Maple Leaf sweater. But I digress. What if I told you I could probably see someone being available? who is a 324 goals against average and a save percentage of 904. Not That's great numbers, but it is better than any goaltender they have on the roster right now. Is well, I think Martin Jones is actually sitting at like a 910. And he has played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years in the league. You're Marc-Andre Fleury? Nope. James Reimer? It's worse. Oh. Oh, it's worse. worse. <laughs> Michael Hutchinson? Is it Michael Hutchinson? Uh, he also has a similar cap hit to uh, 
Ilya Samsonov. He's making $3.8 million this oh, year. Oh, I Samsonov. know who this is. Oh, God. Peter Morazic. This is Peter Morazic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and he can be yours for, I'm sure. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Honestly? Sure a seventh round pick would probably get you Peter Morazic. I'm sure right they now. could do a one-for-one swap, to be honest. But listen, yeah. I for the same reasons you outlined, I don't know they can afford to put this guy in there. Like, he collapsed in Washington. They've watched him collapse now. I, I, like, I don't know. It's it's all a crapshoot there right now. And, then, you know, I blame Kyle Dubas. It's easy I mean, to do that. It's, it, I, I think it's easy, and I think it's fair, considering that. <laughs> no, well, it's easy and fair. <laughs> well, it is. Like, let's call a spade a spade, right? Um, He did not once draft a high-end prospect goalie. I mean, Wall is probably the highest prospect goalie you could say that he... And he committed so much to Nylander, Matthews, Marner, Tavares that you handcuff this team with any possible solution that it's literally stopgap with every goalie they've ever had since Dubas has been here. Yeah, and I, I think it has a lot to do with the contracts of, like you said, with Matthews and Marner, because they had a guy, they had Freddie Anderson, like that was a a totally good starting goaltender. He's going to be until he's going to win playoffs. a business. No, well, until and yeah, until playoffs came, and then he checks right, out but- in his head. The the problem was in Carolina, where the, he went through the same shit. He wouldn't even come back mentally. He wouldn't. He just he was healthy, but he, mentally he couldn't do it. So, and don't get me wrong. I'm a full supporter of, you know, if you have some stuff going on in your head, you need to get it sorted out. You, you are deserve and rightfully should take the time to figure it out. But the NHL doesn't stop for you. Yeah, exactly. Sports in general don't stop for you. And the expectation doesn't stop that. It's not like you deserve to stay here while you figure it out. Because, again, it's a results-driven league. Go off and figure your shit out. That's fine. No one's holding that against you. But don't expect them to keep continuously putting you in and say, well, I think I put in the work and blah, blah, blah. If they don't feel comfortable with you, too bad. It's the way she goes. Hildebeest for Vesna. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope it works out well for Hildebeest. I, I, I hope it does. Because then it means it's a prospect that the Leafs have that they can develop and are building to something that they, you know, can can work with. But I think this also spells a potential departure of Nylander because I think what this is going to show with Treliving is that you're too that handcuffed. Money, you're too yeah. It's either a you're going to sign Nylander and Marner's going to go, or you're going to you know when he's a free agent. Or you're going to deal Willie or you're going to let him walk and use that money to invest in low, goaltending. Low key, though, let's let's thank Willie for bringing his uh, contract number down the last couple of games. <laughs> oh, yeah. been, he's really uh, done that. Yeah. So. Well, he's he's bad. No, he's only gone three games without a point this year. I'm just saying. Like he's been, he's been quieter than usual. One game against Carolina. Um, what they could also do. No. Okay, well. <laughs> no, I just see the smirk <laughs> on your face, and I know it's going to be something. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's someone else in the organization who may be able to stop a puck. His name's Matt Murray. All right? All right? I mean, there's word that he's starting to work out and move again. They're, I mean, they're, they're sending that carrier pigeon over to Robita Island 
<laughs> and we'll await what the pigeon returns, what note we get back. You know what's funny? If this was last year, we legitimately probably could have made a play for Thatcher Demko yep. out of Vancouver. I was thinking that too. When they were so horrible and they were offloading assets and whatever, he could have been ours for the right price. And it probably wouldn't have been as much as it would cost for a average, slightly below average starter that it would now. I think it's funny we would have had Hellebuck too. We could have made a pitch for that. And then mm-hmm. now Man signs an eight-year extension in Winnipeg. And they're one of the best teams in the West right now too. Just and saying. Vancouver's the top team in the league. Yeah. On the backs of both those guys, right? Just so. saying. Just saying. It's just it's very frustrating because we all know why we're in this position with this team and we all know what the solution is, but we all hate the solution because the solution is breaking apart Matthews or Marner. But the thing is, is here's the thing. Can you replace 40 goals with Nylander? No. Can you replace 100 points with Mitch Marner? No. But if you can actively get three more goals a game. (laughs) Stop three more goals a game, just you're netting the difference. And also, too, you get that goalie. Maybe he costs five, maybe he costs six million. You can invest that extra four or five million that Willie and or Marner would have cost you into a guy that'll get you 65 points. Or maybe he's currently a guy that gets 60 points, but you put him with Matthews and all of a sudden he becomes an 80 point guy. Or right. he p- makes he makes somebody else on the line fifteen points difference, and you split the difference. Like there's there different ways to make that like boy math your way into this is this is the way I I always kind of maintain it like this when people say you can't get rid of Nylander or you can't get rid of Marner, I don't think you should. If you can find a way to keep them and still get your goalie, fine, do it. But would Chris Kunitz or Pascal Dupuis have careers if it wasn't for Sidney Crosby? No, they would be perpetual fourth line guys. The reason they were top line guys and did so well was because they had Sidney Crosby to play with. They can thank him for their career. Chris I would, yeah, Kunitz I would, ended up on Team Canada. Didn't Kunitz would, and yeah, he ended up on Team Canada. Yeah, if I was Kunitz right now, I would 100% have in my calendar a day per year that I'm scheduled to meet up with Sidney Crosby and kiss his ass because oh, blow him for sure. Yeah, he has a he has a cup and a gold medal because of Sidney Crosby. He has two cups, I think, because of Sid. Yeah, I got to look that up. But why? Either way. But that's what I'm saying is you can find guys that may not be the sexy name like the Marner or the Nylander, but their game is elevated because of who they play with for a lot cheaper than Marner or Nylander. All right, let's make the call. Let's get Sidney Crosby into the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. He's and... now Matthews right winger or left winger <laughs> or whatever. Dude, you know what? Not impossible. If you think well, about, if you think about who's running Pittsburgh right now, and hey, hey, Kyle, look at all these, all these Maple Leafs you drafted. You want one? You you, you want one? I'm just, yeah. just, I wouldn't be shocked. But then think of it like this: the, the funny thing is, is, is this is a small digression. Sydney's or Sydney, like I know him, Crosby's not even. Um, he's just a really high skilled grinder, and that's what made him so good. Mm. Right, like mm-hmm. he's not like the Ovechkin with the overpowering shot, or Matthews, or he's Patrick the best Kane fourth with... liner that ever played. Exactly, and what was it was his work ethic and his ability to find his deficiency and make it into a strength. 
right? So, um, and he was just completely untouchable when he had the puck. So, like unmovable. So that's what made him makes him so good. Conversation for another day, but it might be worth discussing. Of like, who's the best of all time? Because Crosby's got to be up there, right? He's yeah. top five for sure. Yeah, he is uh, what you might call a treasure. And this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Source from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram, send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Now, the NFL is quickly approaching its conclusion. Sag. It I is pretty title. I'm okay. Maddie has received his fantasy football championship. I haven't received my money yet, though. But we'll, I'll be discussing that later. One thing that is also you can count on is my pick being correct because I picked the Rams over the Giants, and that was correct. James picked the Bucks over the Saints, and that was incorrect. <laughs> and Maddie picked the Raiders over the Colts, and that was incorrect. At this point, the score is 16 for me. Maddie has 10. James has 8. Um, it's over. I have officially won. I think we already knew that going in, that I'm the winner of this entire thing. There's really no point for me to bet on week 18. Actually, my recommendation to all of you degenerates out there like like myself, like Maddie, like James, who put a dollar into a 16-leg parlay and trying to hit a million dollars or whatever it was. <laughs> I put five bucks down on a 17-legger for 200 grand. Uh, my recommendation always is don't bet on week 18. It's a mess. Week 18 is an absolute mess because you have so many crazy things happening. You have... It's the garbage time like, of the season. Yes. Great great way of putting it. You the have... Ravens aren't playing nobody. <laughs> I don't see a reason for the Baltimore Ravens to play any single person on their starting lineup against the Pittsburgh Steelers in a divisional game that's going to be physical and chippy, and the Steelers are desperate for a win, and the Ravens hey, are like, fuck it. Like, we, hey, Steelers win, they're in, pretty much. And the Ravens already have first in the entire conference. It has no bearing on them whatsoever, whether they win that game or lose that game. So... That's what I'm saying. Be very weary about betting on the NFL in week 18 because it is it is a shit show. Could make some money, though. If you pick some of those anytime touchdown scores of like third stringers that are oh, yeah. plus 500. <laughs> yeah, that's actually fun to look at of who's the most random anytime touchdown score or parlay ticket you can put together for a dollar and hit something big there. Some of the bigger headlines, though, of NFL Week 17. I mean, there's the Lions and Cowboys game. That's been covered ad nauseum. You're right, though. You were talking about before. Like, there's TikTok explanation videos. There's, you know, Dan Campbell out there. Like, Jared Goff telling, I told, what's his name to go report. Like, it's it's been broken down. I think the 
what needs to change about this whole situation is that we just need to hear the explanation from the officials. And I'm not saying put them in front of a microphone after every game, but there needs to be something. There needs no, to be something that comes from the officials. Put the video yeah, right next to the jabroni and say, explain to me what happened. Like, if nothing else, it's to defend yourself because you're yeah. getting fucking roasted out here by every single commentator, every single former NFL player who is Fan. still involved in the game. Everyone is watching this saying, Dude, the only person that's not roasting those refs is Helen Keller, right? Like, because she can't see and she can't <laughs> hear. She doesn't know, right? Right. Every single, like, dude, if you, if you have a fucking pair of eyes that are working or ear, like, you can you know that what's his nuts reported. I don't. And, I, don't I mean, understand. Dan Campbell even Dan Campbell even said that I told the referees before the game. Like, if it ever gets to a situation where someone needs to report, like, that's the one. So, like, what's the confusion? I don't. I don't understand. But what's also crazy, and you guys know, as loyal listeners of this show, every single week, almost seemingly. I've told you to bet against the Cardinals. And most of the time, that has been a sound decision. But not when you play Philadelphia in Philadelphia, because this team sucks right now. And look, for a team that is supposed to be a contender for the Super Bowl, if you look at the first, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Like 10 first, weeks. 11 weeks of the season, they were 11 and 1. And now, and since then, they have lost four of their last five games. The only Dude, win being against the Giants. I was watching a clip from Colin Coward last week when he was talking about the... Sorry to hear that. <laughs> the Eagles. No, he actually made a real good point, though. No, I, Who, I, I, I think he's incredibly entertaining, actually. When you look, and I can't find it. Maybe I can here. Um, when you look at who the Eagles had to face last year in terms of quarterbacks into like, like their run, they faced nobody. They faced Danny Dimes at one point, the Giants. Like, I can't find the playoff picture and I can't remember exactly what he said, um, but I got to find it. Like the the bracket, and then if you find the 2023 playoff bracket, you'll see that the Eagles walked to the Super Bowl with who they played. Like it's actually embarrassing. I while you look for that, the one thing I would say is about the Eagles is if they're gonna go through adversity to try and figure out, now is a good time to do it. You're in the playoffs, you're getting there. It's a good time to go through this slump then hit that when you get into the playoffs. Like, they've got this week to figure it out. And if they have a shit one against oh. the Giants. Yeah, so they the Giants play the Eagles after the Eagles had the bye, right? So the Eagles had to walk over Danny Dimes. Then they had the Brock Purdy-less 49ers, where Brock Purdy got hurt like two minutes into the game. Or he got hurt the game previous. I couldn't remember, but... They basically played them without their fucking starting quarterback. And then there was a shootout with the Chiefs. And actually, technically, like, Purdy was the third stringer on that team that year. Right. Well, he was third stringer in September, and then 
he was like the best guy all season. But the problem is, is like they 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 had a cakewalk to the Super Bowl. So to think that there's some god beating team, and I never looked at it that way, is that they've struggled against like in in really weird fucking moments. Remember the end of last year when they lost? They did the same thing last year. I don't know, I man. Just- I think I think they are obviously one of the best three four teams in the league. I just think all teams kind of hit a wall at some point in the season. I mean, look at Kansas City. Kansas City looks lost. You know, mm-hmm. um, they should have walked all over. Um, what's it called this week? I was watching that game. Oh, I was watching that fucking game too. You're, you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they're playing the Bengals. Yeah, they should have walked all over that team. No Joe Burrow, they should have put up at least 35 points. But I don't know. I just think for a team that has the pedigree that the Chiefs do, they look lost. So I I do think that the Eagles are hitting a slump. Do I think they figure it out? Yes. Uh, if they lose to the Giants this week, though, I think going into the playoffs like that, losing six of your past uh, seven games is is not a good way to go into the playoffs. And then they probably get run over. Then the big one for me was the Ravens just destroying the Dolphins. And <laughs> listen, this not only clinched the first place in the AFC, first place by all the delightful things that come with that. I think the five touchdown performance of Lamar Jackson is, I think that's the MVP locked up right there. Probably with the way Jalen Hurts has slid in the past five games. I know people are talking about Tyreek Hill, but I mean, no, I think he's disappeared in the past few weeks. And then I guess the only other contender in this situation is going to be Christian McCaffrey. And hey, you know, the 49ers have a hell of a record, too. They're 12 and four. But again, he might not even play this week. Like if you saw how like heavily his ankle was taped up. So all things being considered, I feel like Lamar Jackson is probably going to be the MVP of this season, which is pretty cool considering like what that contract situation was at the beginning of the year and how it really seemed like he was not going to play in Baltimore this year. And then if not, it's going to, I have a funny feeling they'll give it to Dak. Dak's got good numbers. No, and I think, and I think that, you know, the, there's a, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's a marketability and a whole thing around having a cowboy with them. Like, I don't know. That's just me. I, Conspiracy I don't theory? Know. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I just, I think the cowboys are frauds. I think they're going to get run over in their first playoff game. Sure. That doesn't mean they're not going to give them the MVP. They gave Lamar an MVP when he didn't do anything in the playoffs. That's true. Well, right now, looking at the playoff situation, we got obviously the Ravens first in the AFC and the 49ers first in the NFC. And if you look at that Super Bowl logo, it's Told all you. red and purple. 49ers, Ravens, and then the conspiracy will continue for a fourth year. It's almost like it's already written for us and we just didn't see it happen. But we do see things happening in 2024. We, this show, 43.6, have a number of ideas 
a hot take, if you will, of what we think is going to go down in 2024. Now, we haven't talked about this, of what our uh, hot takes are. So I'm going to go first. Going blind. Just so no one can take it. And I'm going to say that the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to win less games this year than they did last year. That is a hot take. That's good, though. I'm going to say Shohei Otani plays less than half the season. He is going to play less than 81 games this coming year. And they will be eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. So they'll still make the playoffs, but the Dodgers will be eliminated in the first round. They will have less wins than they did last year, and Otani will only play half the season. Hmm. James. Jim, go. Mine is that Caleb Williams will not be drafted number one overall in the NFL draft. And let me guess, you think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going first overall? I do. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I feel like a lot of people are saying that at this point. Because <laughs> he fits really well with the Bears. So. That's what I was going to – I mean, it's a little bit of a cop-out. But with the uh, the fans, which I thought was really cool, chanting, we want fields, um, I think football executives to some degree are responsible to give football fans what they want, um, You know, especially in a market like Chicago. Um, Justin Fields hasn't been fantastic at all this season, hasn't been horrendous has had flashes of greatness with uh, DJ Moore. I do think another wideout would shore up kind of what that offense could, should be. Um, And I just don't think the Bears can afford to restart with another quarterback. So even though Caleb Williams is probably the consensus number one pick, I think he falls to the Patriots and Marvin Harrison Jr. ends up on the Bears. Matty. My hot take is the Raptors actually finish and make it into the playoffs. Past no the way. Yeah. This and past the play-in too. Yes. So you're saying, okay, hold on. So you're saying they're going to be one of the play-in teams and then get through that, or they're going to yes. be higher than the play-in teams? They're going to get past the. They're going to be in the play-in and win okay. and get in. Okay. Interesting. That's I think... Mean. Well, I just think the shakeup that they just had with RJ Barrett and quickly, I think one, it shakes up that core a little bit and two brings in a fresh face and three brings in two guys who look like they want to be here and play and have the right headset. One being Barrett, who's obviously from here and, you know, it means something to him and quickly, I think maybe a chip on his shoulder a little bit. Um, And then having played with Barrett and being here, I think he falls for the city a little bit. So um, that's my one. For do you, do you think they trade Siakam before the deadline? If they're close, no. If they're really out of it, yes. So Siakam, of course, being an expiring contract, and I think that's what the main motivator for trading OG was. Mm-hmm. That it was a guy that you figure you're not going to be able to resign anyways. Now I know Siakam has said he's not interested in signing an extension anywhere else, so that's obviously going to hurt what the Raptors can get back for him. But if you're projecting them to be a playoff team, I guess they're going to need him, right? Yeah, I exactly actually so. now, I think they might sign him to an extension. Oh boy, I do. I think they think I think Masai feels like he's rounded out this team. And to Maddie's point about you know them making the playoffs, they push guys onto the bench. Like Gary Trent is now a bench player, right? 
and Schroeder as well. Schroeder is a bench player, and they have a legitimate, no questions asked starting five. Now, is it the best starting five in the league? No, but Siakam, Pirtle, Barnes, Quickly, and Barrett, for all intents and purposes, should be the starting five, right? So, I don't know. That's what I mean. If that's the starting five and you feel good about it, maybe they sign him to an extension. I mean, Siakam's like. Dude, I, sometimes I freak out about the fact that that guy fucking shoots at the end of games and he can't shoot. It kills but it's me. Not, it kills but me. It's, the guy will score but, like forty points. That's what and, I'm saying, right? It's not yeah. like he's a. It's also not like he's a schlub. Like I, I lose my mind. But the guy scores like thirty plus points every other game. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's not so many times where you're, you're, watching, you're watching the game in the fourth quarter and you're like, "Why is Siakam taking these shots? He's just gonna miss." And you look at the box scores at the end of the day. It's like. You get 36 points. You're like, well, oh, <laughs> you're like, okay. good game, but you're like, also lost us the game. <laughs> right. So I have two more. Okay. All right. Tiger finishes top 10 in the Masters. That's pretty I mean. think that's a big one because mm. all the injuries and how he flamed out of last year's with the, the leg and the back and things like that. I think he makes a return to form a little bit and finishes top 10 in the Masters. And the other one is. This one's it might be the hottest of hot takes, considering that dude, there's still a number one out there who's playing really well. Carlos Alcaraz goes for the Grand Slam in tennis. Interesting. So that's my uh, 2024 hot takes, because I kind of wanted to get them away a little bit from baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. No, I focus so much on it. So I appreciate that we've kind of had one almost for every major sport i guess we don't have a hockey one james i don't know if you want to take that well we could we could each have our specific hockey one my specific hockey one would might be like uh sid wins or sid gets like 55 goals he's on pace for like 51 right now or and people are having matthews getting 76 but i mean the dude's on pace for like 79 so why would 76 be uh significant like isn't the record 90 something from Gretzky? So it's not so much it's no one's broken 70 in 30 years. Okay, that's what And so what his goal production thing, yeah. is right now is if he keeps at the current pace that he's at by 82 he'll be at 76 this year. It's insane the amount of goals that Matthews has scored and he's still not on pace to pass like Gretzky. Like that's how many goals Gretzky was scoring on a regular well, basis. <laughs> here here's the thing. If he continues this and does it for like another 15 years, he could do it because Ovechkin he's outpacing Ovechkin right now. Yeah. He's outpacing Ovechkin where Ovechkin was at games played at this point. Right. right. Sorry. I meant like just a, a most goals scored in one season, but oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't have a specific one. <sighs> Montreal. Makes I the playoff. No, I was going to say Ovechkin gets under 30 goals. I mean, he's at like six. Here's a here's a good hockey one for you. And so this is going to happen to some degree in 2024. Gary Bettman is going to announce a new international best on best tournament in season. In season. So my hot take is that it's going to be six teams. It will be team Canada, team USA, Team World, Team Under 23, Sweden. And, and Team Over 40. Hold on. I need, I, I need one more team. And, um, I don't know, Team Celebrity. 
Here we go. There we go. <laughs> Teams Team, like, it's just Justin Team Bieber. Yeah. yeah. Could you just, yeah, Justin Bieber goes out there, gets dummied by like hey, Jamie Ben in the boards. They might be competitive against the four, over 40 team. Yeah, but if that over 40 team has like Zidano Giordano. Guys who are still playing. Yeah, Yager's still playing. Yeah. Yager is still playing. That is but, crazy. No, nah, like it's the hockey ones are tough because a lot of them are either so far fetched or aren't really hot takes. Like there's no in between where it's something that is kind of out of the realm of possibility, but you could still imagine it happening. Yeah, because if it's crazy, it's really fucking crazy. And if it's and everything else is kind of achievable. (laughs) Right. So it's not really a hot take. Like Sid getting 50 55 is not really a hot take. Um, but it kind of is. I like I think maybe, like I said, a team like Montreal maybe making a push and making the playoffs, that might be one. But I mean, they're not even playing horribly. They're not playing great, but they're not as bad as what we thought they'd be. Do you have any other hot takes or can I do the last one? All you. You. You can take it. Okay. So my last one is going to bleed into our last topic of the night. We're going to see WrestleMania 40 headlined by two main events. (laughs) Saturday's main event. Actually, no. Sunday's main event will be Roman Reigns against The Rock. And Saturday's main event will be CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And look, half of that seems to be a conclusion at this point. The Rock uh, appeared on Monday Night Raw this week, and he said he is going to go sit at the head of the table, which is very clearly a reference to Roman Reigns. Now, is that going to be WrestleMania? I don't know. Could it be Elimination Chamber? I don't know. It's going to be Royal Rumble? I don't know. SummerSlam? But all I know... Like, if you think about it, uh, Royal Rumble this year in Tampa, stadium show. Elimination Chamber in Perth, Australia, stadium show. WrestleMania in Philadelphia, stadium show. I don't know if they've announced SummerSlam yet. I know they have a live event coming up in France and in Germany, I think. So there's other bigger international events happening on the calendar, but I don't think they've gotten as far as um, August so far. I think it's just maybe it might be backlash they've announced for France and Germany has money in the bank, something like that. And I'm trying to continue to stall for time as J- uh, James looks it up. It looks like it might be Cleveland. Oh, whatever. That's exciting. Hopefully it's going to be in one of the stadiums there in Cleveland. Um, progressive but, field would be cool. But I don't know if they would do that there. My thing is like Rock and Roman doesn't need a title. Like they can literally I battle over he- head of the table, right? Well, okay, so here's the thing. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm sure we can look it up, but I don't know how far Roman Reigns is from passing Hogan Hogan of uh, consecutive days as world champion. He's close, though. Like, I think it's in the realm of 500 days or whatever, and I think Roman's in 500-something. So... I think what needs to happen in order to pass Hogan. Now, I don't know if this was like the plan all along was that they're going to make Roman Reigns a a longer reigning champion than Hulk Hogan. But if we're here now, why not? Hogan was 1474. Three months ago, Reigns was at 1140. So you add 90 days to that. He's at 1230. He needs probably to finish out September 
Okay, so I don't know where I got 500 from, but anyways, thank you. Um, Way off. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> yeah, I guess 500 would be like not even two years. So if September is to beat Hogan, and then Roman Reigns is the longest reigning champion in, like since like Bruno San Martino, where the fuck it would be? Bob Blackman, maybe. Bob Blackman. Maybe that's something that you start striving for. If you say, look, Cody would put on hold. It's now Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. And you don't even have to have... So everyone's like saying, uh, Cody Rhodes been eating strays all fucking night. <laughs> like him saying, I'm going to I'm gonna finish the story. And like they cut to the clip of Rock saying, shut up, bitch. <laughs> it's just... There's so many hilarious memes floating around about this. And I think I said this to you last night, James. Of like, whoever said Cody finishing the story is him winning the championship at WrestleMania. It doesn't have to be. Like you can no, still have Roman MSG Reigns. Makes more sense. Madison Square Garden Atlanta, makes Georgia so much more sense. Makes sense. He went in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia can make sense. Yeah. They could do a Survivor Series in the Georgia Dome this coming year. Sell that place out and have Cody beat Roman Reigns. Who and wouldn't it mean so much more if by then in November Roman Reigns has passed Hulk Hogan of the longest reigning champion for however long, yeah. right? And then you do it in the Georgia Dome, and there you go. You can and so. The solution here is Cody doesn't win the Rumble. You no, already have CM, you have CM Punk back. So Punk can win the Rumble and he can get Rollins, fuck whatever. I, I kind of want Steve Austin. I know he gets his mania made of him. But it doesn't even have to be that. Like the great position they're in right now is that there's so many guys who are top guys. AJ Styles can win the Royal Rumble. Overnight, they had, they had no top guys. They blinked and now they have all top guys. And you could do so many different things right now, and it ultimately doesn't matter what you do with Cody, because you can still have that match down the line, and you can still finish the story at some other time. It's not a big deal. He'll get over it. And I think the amount of money everyone's going to make for WrestleMania this year, everyone's going to be okay. Yeah. So anyways, I think with that being said, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right, it's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music. And again, we haven't talked about what our shoutouts are going to be. I can't imagine anyone's going to use my shoutout. So um, I guess I can go first because I don't think I'm going to be stepping on anyone's toes here. As we're talking about wrestling, I actually watched Monday Night Raw for the first time in a while. I mean, I, I, I record Raw and fast forward through 95% of it. But I actually like watched it live uh, this past Monday. And actually, hilariously, James, uh, earlier in the show, you were talking about, I think it was, uh, was it people in France or was it in Times Square or whomever like, filming the fucking ball drop yeah, or whatever? Yeah, that was, yeah. Was but France. somewhere. It was yeah. France, right? It reminded me of like watching Raw and they said like, okay, like we're going to have a former WWE champion return. And they pan the crowd. Everyone just gets up and starts recording with their phone. I'm like, motherfuckers. Like, that's... <laughs> And then hilariously, it was Jinder Mahal. And I'm like, oh, Triple H, I love you. Because like, I bet in his head, he was also thinking, all these fucking children are going to bring their phones out and they're going to be all excited. I'm going to give them Jinder Mahal. Anyways. Do we call it now getting Mahal? Ooh, I like that. 
But did you also see when he was cutting his promo, everyone stood up and started looking because they saw the cameraman move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They know. Like, it's for sure. And they have to, like, go super tight on gender. Anyways, um, also during that episode of Monday Night Raw, there was a tag match. And Giovanni Vinci is his fucking mm. name now. He used to be Fabian Eichner. Now he's Giovanni Vinci. I digress. <laughs> Anyways, Vinci came off the top rope, ate a drop kick by, I think it was Kofi Kingston. And then was, as my uh, former friend, and I say former because I haven't seen this guy in 20 fucking years. Uh, my former friend, Mike Tatarski, always used to say, knock the fuck out. Like you get, there's times where you get knocked out. Sure there's times Mike when you get. Tatarski wasn't the only person that said that, but okay. No, but it's the way he would say it. It was just so ridiculous. Anyways, there's there's guys who get knocked out, and there's guys who get knocked the fuck out. And Giovanni Vinci was knocked the fuck out. And to his credit, and we don't hear the referees' names very often in WWE because they were told never to acknowledge the referee. But now the Vince is gone, and Kevin Dunn is gone. Um, actually, hold on. Uh, I, it's it's worth uh, doing. And uh, let me just uh, cue this up here. Yeah, now that Kevin Dunn is gone. I'm very happy Kevin Dunn is gone. Um, they are allowed to treat the referees like humans again. So this human, his name is Sean Bennett. And Sean was smart enough and responsible enough to see that someone had been hurt. And he immediately went to Vinci, checked him out, saw that he was fucked, and called off the match. The match stopped. That was it. And it sounds simple. But believe me, I have seen Doesn't always some shit in my years. Me too. I have seen fucking Matt Hardy splat his skull on the concrete, get up all wobbly-legged, and Aubrey Edwards saying, oh, well, I guess he's okay. <laughs> I have seen so many times guys get hurt and the referees just say, oh, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. No. When you have a brain injury, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You have to save them from themselves and they will thank you later. They'll be mad at the moment. They'll be real mad in the moment. But they will thank you later. So thank you to Sean Bennett. Maddie. Who else go next? Maddie. Uh, mine was going to be the PWHL for their inaugural um, games and weekend and season. Um, just it kind of went off really well. I'm excited to see where it goes. So that was mine. Mine uh, already kind of talked about this too. Um, Justin Fields and the whole Chicago crowd, them cheering for Justin, wanting him back is really cool. It's a real nice thing to see. So Justin Fields in the city of Chicago. Yeah, after the shit that they got him. So, And I would like to just say, I don't know if it was Aubrey Edwards in that match, so I should probably apologize if it wasn't Aubrey. But nevertheless, I have seen a lot of that. All right. Thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode of 43.6. We will see you next week. We got a whole lot to cover next week. But until then, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.